Welcome to Transition of Style, the podcast that explores the ways in which personal style and identity meet. Transition of Style is sponsored by QueerCut, a global gender-free marketplace and online community that connects LGBT shoppers with queer-friendly brands and products. Welcome back to Transition of Style. I'm your host, Corinne. What's going on? Uh, Today, I have with me LP. Let me tell you a little bit about LP. LP is a non-binary queer with immense passion for fashion. They love to challenge societal gender expectations by queering menswear. They want to both provide queer fashion inspiration and help fellow LGBTQ folks find their style that best suits their identity. They are passionate about suits and recently threw an LGBTQ plus suit up happy hour to provide more comfortable space for folks to pick out and get fitted for their own custom suits. LP, what's going on? Hey, how's it going? How are you? I'm doing well. Well, thank you for coming on. Thank you for being here. I am excited to speak to you and I have lots of questions. Yeah, I'm excited as well. Thanks for asking me. Uh, of course, of course. So let's let's uh, jump right in. I want to ask you first, when did this passion for menswear start? When did you start wearing menswear and why? Yeah, definitely. Um, so it's definitely been a process um, mm-hmm. and it's a process that ties into me finding my own identity. Um, So I think back to high school, like sophomore year, I did not care about fashion. Um, Back then I had not explored my identity. And so I identified way back then as female. Um, And so I think back and it's like, I would wear, you know, jeans and an old t-shirt, just whatever I had. Um, around junior year, I started realizing, you know, all the girls around me, they were, you know, wearing makeup and, you know, feminine style. Uh, so I decided, you know, okay, let me try that. Uh, so I slowly like started building, you know, a wardrobe and trying out makeup and I was getting a lot of compliments and a lot of affirmations. So I was like, well, this is clearly how I'm supposed to be appearing in the world. So I went off to college, still dressing very feminine, um, and slowly within undergrad, I started finding myself more comfortable in, you know, skinny jeans and a V-neck. Still within, you know, I guess the women's side of the store um, or women's clothing stores, but definitely like more tomboy and like skater-ish. I bought a longboard. I you know, longboarded all around campus. I was, I was that person. And so, you know, I, I slowly started getting more into fashion, but finding ways where I felt more comfortable. Uh, when I dressed up, I still went towards like, you know, dresses and stuff like that. Um, and then when I went to grad school, that's when I started, you know, buying men's button downs rather than women's button downs, um, starting to buy some men's pants, which was a process getting used to a whole new size system, started dabbling in, okay, well, let me try this bow tie um, and seeing how that felt. So that's when I started, you know, realizing that, okay, I definitely like menswear, but I was also still very like... I guess kind of aware of, you know, I didn't want to 
bucks the society, you know, expectations too much yet. Right, I, I was right. still trying to understand. Oh, and to go back to identity, like back in undergrad is when I realized, oh, okay, I identified then as lesbian. Um, so that's like kind of, I was still like that in grad school. And then once I graduated grad school and moved uh, to Nashville is when I really really got into menswear and you know so, so, i was so let, me, let, me, let me ask let me you ask i'm sorry to right, jump in yeah Do you are you saying that you um when where were you living so you weren't living in nashville at that time yeah in- so so back um when i did i completed my graduate degree um in michigan i see uh, yeah and then after grad school i moved for a job in nashville okay I see. which i was a little wary about <laughs> moving to the south uh yeah. But so when I when I did move here, you know, I had my first, you know, out of grad school job. Um I w- started getting really into menswear and I was kind of faced with this decision of like I really wanted to get more into it and I I had bought some ties and I was like, mm-hmm. you know what? Do I wear do I wear a tie to work like during my first week of work? Yeah. Um and it was kind of scary, you know, it's like, I didn't know how people would perceive me or judge me. I, I still was very into the like, oh, well, what will people think? Because um, it's hard. Of course it is. Yes, it and, is. I mean, I mean, I, I, we're talking about, you're, you're talking about being in an environment where there wasn't anyone else doing that, right? You were kind exactly. of the only one doing it. Yeah. And I was like, you know, is this going to be cool with my employer? You know, but I also like want to dress how I want to dress. So right. I did it and wow. It was scary. What was that like? Yeah. And course. it was also like really liberating cuz I was like, yes, like this feels good. Yeah. I look great in it. <laughs> yeah, people are like looking at me, but I'm also like I I stick out in the south. Uh but it was it was liberating. So then I think that getting past that first hurdle it just like snowball effect into like really getting into menswear within. So since I've moved to Nashville, I have examined my identity and I identify as queer now and as non-binary. So everything is kind of like my identity and my style journey has really moved together. And now I'm just obsessed. I mean, I can't tell you how many ties I have. I have developed a terrible hobby of custom suits like that. It's not, why couldn't I have a cheaper hobby? I know it's not a good hobby for the wallet, but it's a lovely hobby. Let's face it. Yeah. (laughs) Let's face it. When you get a suit that fits you, it's like, come on, you're not going to go back to like, it's it's a game changer. It is. It is. It it makes you feel amazing. Yes, I, I I 100% agree with that, and and don't worry, we're gonna get more into to asking you about that and your custom Great. suiting and such a, and and things of that. But I wanted to ask you, um, so when I I like to talk about this on the podcast a lot, you walked into work wearing a tie, not yeah. realizing what that was going to mean for the way you were perceived, not realizing what that meant for the way you were going to be, um, sort of uh, interacted with or what yeah. kind of sort of backlash you might receive from that. What about, because you were afraid to do it. I mean, let's face it, like you, this, it was a scary decision to make, but what about what you wanted to do was more important than being stared at or the backlash or the negative comments. What about 
your, I mean, the wanting to do it was more powerful than any of those things. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. I mean, I think that it's, I encountered this a lot. Like even with like interviewing, I had to think like, okay, do I wear, you know, menswear or do I, you know, maybe wear a skirt? But that just seemed like, that is not me. Like, so it's like, that's what people were encouraging me or like, you know, I, I was told by some folks that like, oh, don't wear those shoes like those because they were men's shoes and like that, that will be a turnoff to them. But it's like, ultimately, you know, I feel like I had just been following society's expectations or, or, you know, what someone else wanted me to be or, or look like. And I don't know, I just finally, like slowly baby steps got enough courage to, you know, try things that, that I wanted to. So ties or wearing men's clothes to an interview. And it took a while. I'm not saying that it was like, great, this is easy. It's hard. Of course it is. It is. And it's not as if you're like immersed in an environment where there are other people doing it. If you're the only person doing it, it it's very scary and it's hard. I completely understand that. I had the same thing. Yeah. I've spoken to plenty of people on this podcast who've had that same sort of feeling of like, I don't, I want to do this, but like, this is really, you know, this is frightening. Yeah. Yeah. I totally understand that. I mean, you know, listen, like it's, stepping- it's one thing though. Wait, sorry, go ahead. I'm oh, I was saying. like, I mean, there's just so many things along the way that are, that are scary and that are hard to do. So even yeah. like stepping foot into your first menswear store, oh, you know, absolutely. and it's like, you know, am I going to be welcome here? Am I just going to get stared at? Like it's, it's confusing or the first time that you want to get something tailored and you want to be heard for the way that you want your clothes to fit. It's like, it's a whole process. It is, it is a process and it, and it does involve a certain level of courage. Um, it it involves a certain level of like deciding that you're, you're going to choose yourself over somebody else and how they feel about it. Yeah. And it's, it's not always easy. And there are people who, there are people every day who decide they may not be brave enough or, or have enough, you know, I don't know, just enough self uh, awareness or, or, or powerful feelings about what they want yeah. to do that. And you know what? That is a process. That's not something that happens and overnight. That's, okay. that's something that it ta- it's 100% okay. And it takes time and you, you need to take your time with it. So that happens on your time frame. Yes. Yeah, I totally agree with that. So, you know, one of the things that that's really clear from reading your bio is that not only did you kind of figure out what you wanted to do with wearing menswear and presenting as non-binary and like being upfront and like out loud with your identity, but you're now also inspiring other people. So I want to talk about that a, a little bit because it's one thing to decide you're going to do it for yourself. Now to take it to another step further and talk to other people and inspire them, what encouraged you to do that? Yeah. I mean, it took a while, but I think that once I got enough self-confidence and once I realized, you know, it's okay for me to live my life, how I want to live my life, not, you know, how society or how someone else wants me to live it. Then I just kept gaining more courage and confidence. Um, And then once I delved into menswear and I just got really into it, um, then I just, I really liked, you know, creating outfits and style. And so I was like, well, what if I create this Instagram uh, where I can showcase style to, you know, be a fun thing for me to do, but also 
to show inspiration, um, either for style or either just for someone who is queer and non-binary, like living very out and living very out and authentic. Um, which I think, you know, sometimes someone just needs to see that. Yeah. I just really wanted to show like a very out and authentic, like my out and authentic life tied in with some cool style that, you know, if you get either inspiration from either just seeing someone who's out and authentic or, you know, some fashion or style tips, then that's awesome. Uh, So that is why I initially created that. Um, And now I love when people DM me, you know, where did you find your clothes? Like, how can you give me some tips? Um, Like, I'm always game to talk fashion um and especially like finding menswear that fits you um because it's hard and it's a it's a it's a long process yes it is it is and that's wonderful that you're 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 um using that passion to help others and as you mentioned um before you said sort of like sometimes people need to just see that and i think that's right because um something else we talk about in the podcast quite often is the need sometimes for permission and Mm -hmm. You know, I like, you know, I, I mentioned this before. I do have a hard, sometimes that word permission makes me cringe just a little bit because we don't, no one really needs permission, but sometimes people need to be um, aware of the fact that they don't need permission, you know, that it's perfectly okay to move forward uh, with what you like and, and how you want to look and how you want to present. So if you're doing that for them, then that's a fantastic thing. I, I really love that. Um, I want to ask you, though, I'm so curious about your suit of happy hour. Yeah. I want you to tell me about it. So tell me, wh- what was the impetus for getting that started and what exactly is it? Tell, tell us all about that. Absolutely. Okay. So the impetus was, um, so I got married this past May. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so for that, I knew that I wanted, you know, this bomb custom suit that, you know, I loved and it fit me well. Um and I was really excited to be able to, you know, find one of these and purchase one. Um, it would be my first custom suit adventure. Um, and so I live in the South. Um, and well, there'll be questions, don't worry. <laughs> yeah. There'll be questions about that. <laughs> so, you know, I, I started thinking, okay, so where do I get the suit from? And I just didn't know. Like, I didn't know. There, there's a few different stores around here that have custom suits, whether it's made to measure or bespoke uh, suiting. But I just didn't know if, if you know, I walked in there, if I would be respected, if I would have my voice heard. I mean, I've been to to tailors before, and like getting suits tailored, and they make the assumption that. They hear my voice, assume that I'm female. Oh, so you want a shorter jacket? It's like, no, I want, I don't want my suit to be feminine. Um, so I just didn't know if I would have a good experience here. And maybe I would have. Um, but ultimately I ended up going um to Chicago um uh, and getting a suit um from a store there. Um I got it from Indochino. Um, and of course, shortly afterwards, Indochino opened a store in Nashville. Um, but you know, (laughs) so I had a good experience there 
And I really, really liked my suit for my wedding. Um, But afterwards, I started to think and I was like, I surely cannot be the only one that has had this problem. You know, there's other queer people, there's other non-binary, there's trans folks, there's women who want menswear that live in the South and in Nashville. So I decided to reach out to a bunch of Nashville companies and really just put myself out there and put my identity out there and put what I'm interested in um, and just see what people, if people would respond and if, um, yeah, just see what response was. So then I received a response, an email back from a company here that does made to measure suits um, and they asked to meet with me. And so there I just told them that there are people other than men, I know that they they cater their advertisement and their company to men, but there are people that don't identify as men that want custom suits, yeah. um, and you know that's that don't feel comfortable going into a store uh, or right. or getting measurements, or you know they don't know if they're going to be affirmed. It's like, you know, you don't want to just be a tolerated while someone's measuring your body and creating a suit. You want mm-hmm. to be affirmed during that process. Yes, absolutely. So ultimately we decided uh, to team up and they let me throw um, a specifically LGBTQ plus um, happy hour. Um, and we had a bunch of people come and get fitted and pick out their custom suits Um it was just, it was a lot of fun. Um, and I hope that it was helpful. That is fantastic. And have you done this? Is this, has this only happened once or is that, this a recurring event? That was a one-time event. I would love to do it again. Um, so maybe that's in the future. Yeah. I hope you do. I hope you do. You know, so I can't help but ask what is the what is the response you're getting? Because you are in the South, right? Yeah. And so we know that that's, you know, just just from, I don't, I've never lived in the South, but what I know of it from friends and, and, and people that I know, that there could be problems with being tolerated in the South, right? So yeah. I'm curious um, as to what kind of community is there? What kind of, uh, do you run into any problems from be, living in Nashville and, you know, people not being accepting of you being LGBTQ? Like, is there community support there? What is it like there? Yeah. So, I mean, all of those questions were running through my head as I was driving myself and my cat down to Nashville. Right. I believe it. Not knowing a soul that lived here. (laughs) Right. I believe it. Um, So I have found that there, there's a much larger LGBTQ population and, like events and things to do, um, than I was expecting. Um, so that was a great surprise. Uh, there's a lot of cool opportunities. Like there's an LGBT kickball league. We have every month there's a queer dance party that happens. Um, there's some cool bars. So yeah, it, it really is awesome. Um, so there was a lot more than I thought that I would find as far as living goes. I mean, it's, it's okay. I mean, you have to have thick skin, but I mean, so I identify as queer and non-binary. I use they, them pronouns. Mm -hmm. And I mean, 
I, I, I kind of stick out. I mean, I, I dress very masculine, but as soon as you hear me talk, you know, I have a feminine voice. So it, it really, I mean, I get stared at a lot. My wife has mastered the amazing stare back at them for me, which is yeah. perfect. Um, yeah. I mean, That's a good partner. <laughs> in, in especially like we're in the South. So everything, everyone's raised as, you know, you use sir and you use ma'am. So it's just always very interesting. I mean, as soon as I walk into a store, hello, sir. And then, you know, I say hello back and then they're like, oh, ma'am, ma'am, ma'am. So sorry, ma'am. And it's like, well, I actually prefer the sir better than ma'am, <laughs> but that's a different story. Um, so I think that the, the toughest part is like, I mean, as a non-binary human, I mean, bathrooms suck because yeah, yeah. are not it's a lot of gender neutral bathrooms. So really the majority of things are, I just get stared at a lot. And, you know, sometimes I just have to say, well, you know, if they're going to stare, I better make it worth their while. And I'm going to look pretty damn fly. Good for you. I like that. That's the way you deal with staring. You just give them something to look at and be like, yeah. don't I look good? I look exactly. great, right? Good for you. That is fantastic. So it sounds like you have like a lot of community there. Um, you know, obviously enough to know that you could do this happy hour. Yeah. You know, you could have folks come to the suit up happy hour, which I think is a fantastic idea. You know, I hope that you are, there's some way that you can manage to do that again. Cause yeah. I, could, I would imagine that um, there are people there that are looking for exactly something like that, you know? Exactly. Yeah. So that's really great. So, you know, I'm going to ask you to, talk a little bit about your style. So you talked about how much you really enjoy menswear and it sounds like you love suits and you love, um, you know, the ties and, and everything. Um, what, tell me about when you're not dressed in suits, what, what is, what is your dress like? Yeah. Um, I mean, about your style when it's casual. I can totally, uh, my, my style totally can vary. I mean, if I could wear a suit every day, I totally would. Um, but like, for instance, right now, you know, I've got on moto boots, uh, skinny black jeans that are ripped up, black v-neck tee and leather suspenders. So that's kind of like, that's casual. I, I mean, I love me a good leather jacket. Accessories are amazing. I love suspenders. But also, I mean, I just love a good pair of jeans and some boots and some flannel like fabulous. just comfy and queer and amazing fabulous fabulous I'm, I'm really glad to hear that Indochino came to Nashville I like Indochino as well and so you do you now go there for your suits is that like where you uh, play out your addiction to <laughs> where does that happen yeah they they are probably my go-to um i've had i just recently over um, the holidays got a new suit and i went to the nashville store so that was my first time going there mm-hmm. and just had another great experience um oh, fantastic. one person fantastic. actually recognized me from instagram so i thought that was funny oh that's great wow that's awesome I would imagine now that they're here in town, they're going to get to know you. So you'll go yeah. in there and you're going to get the uh, the hero's welcome every single time. I mean, I definitely I, asked for Indochino gift cards for Christmas. So, <laughs> yeah. <smart. laughs> yeah, you, you got to feed that addiction. I love it. Yep. <laughs> it's, not the, it's not the worst addiction to have. It's not a bad vice to have. I'll say that. I mean, yeah. Um, I'm not too <laughs> mad about it. 
<laughs> you shouldn't be. <laughs> okay, we're gonna we're gonna wrap up in a minute, but I do want to ask you actually one question that we're asking all of our guests, and I would love for you to finish the sentence. I feel most authentic when. Okay. I'm gonna. Can I do a couple sentences? You certainly can. Awesome. Um, so I feel most authentic when I make decisions for me rather than decisions based on expectations of society. So when I fully embrace who I am rather than who someone thinks I'm supposed to be, I am most authentic when I proudly live my life as a non-binary menswear wearing queer person. Fabulous. Oh, I love it. I love it. I think I have my episode quote. I've kind of loving it. Yeah. <laughs> That's wonderful. Okay. So listen, this is the time in the podcast where I love to say plug away. Tell, tell the audience where to find you, where to find you on Instagram. I mean, you know, if you have any, you have a website, whatever it is, where can we find you online? Yeah, definitely. Uh, if you want to find me, go check me out on Instagram at Queerly Dapper. Fabulous. Do you have a, like a website or anything? I do not, but I should. Oh my God. I think you may need to get that going. Okay. You know, like a little style blog going. Yes. Um, you know, I, I encourage you to do that. I've been thinking like about it. So I appreciate the encouragement. Yeah. I, I would encourage you to do that because it sounds like it's something that I've seen your Instagram and it's wonderful. So I'm, I would right. imagine that take it even one step further with some more content that would do you know quite well. So if you have, if you're so inclined, maybe you want to try to do something like that. I like it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, listen, I loved having you on. Thank you so much for being with us today. Please check out LP on, on, uh, online at Queerly Dapper. Please follow them, um, like their posts, you know, show the support. And if you're in Nashville, keep an eye on what they're, they're doing because who knows, there may be another suit up happy hour, which exactly would be a cool thing. drop in and have some awesome Nashville cocktails and definitely get a <laughs> definitely feel free to reach out. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. All right. LP, thanks so much for being with us today. And I would like to everyone to please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, rate, comment, and of course, DM us if you have any questions about anything, but thank you for being with us today and we'll see you next time. Bye everyone. Bye.